the lifetime value is something that's based off of your overall interactions with the user. If you're responding to them through SMS and you're not being salesy, if you're giving them content, unexpected content that they thought was going to be a sales app, but ended up actually being, hey, here's just a funny post for the month. And after a while, they start to trust you and think like, hey, this person understands me as a whole, and that's solely based off, hey, just selling this one product. You're listening to the Merged Marketing Podcast with me, Jason Hunt. The mission with this show is to discuss all things marketing, sales, and mindset. It's my hope for entrepreneurs like you to get the most from your efforts so that you can focus on what you do best. Let's go. This is episode 124 of the Merged Marketing Podcast, and for this episode, you're going to need a spacesuit because we're talking about the future of advertising and the future of ads in the next two to five years. My guest on today's show is Shane Ostry. Shane is renowned in the MarTech space. He previously worked and consulted for advertising companies like Facebook, Reddit, and TapJoy. He is currently the CEO of SVC and the CTO, Chief Technology Officer of CuraStory. Now, we talk about some platforms that might not be so familiar to you now, but they will be familiar to you by the end of this episode. We also touch on some of those emerging platforms um, where you might want to dedicate some of your marketing dollars to in 2022. Shane is thinking light years ahead, and I'm going to take you there with me in this episode. So let's kick it to my chat. Get your space suit on. I'm talking to Shane Ostry. Here we go. You are listening to the Merged Marketing Podcast. This is episode 124, and that right there is Shane Ostry. And Shane is an expert in the future of advertising, which is a topic that we're going to dive into today. And that's the future of ads in the next two to five years. Shane, welcome to the show. Thanks. Glad to be here. I feel like we should have our spacesuits on for this episode. <laughs> yes, we will be going far into the future and even nearby in the future. Nice. Awesome. Cool. Well, let's start off, Shane, by giving our audience a little bit of a frame as to who Shane Austri is and, and the journey as to what got you to where you are today. Well, for the most part, I was previously a consultant and I worked at several of the largest advertising tech companies from Facebook ads team, Reddit ads team, TapJoy, which does mobile ads. And that really gave me a perspective of the whole ads landscape from there continue consulting with brands and helping them and so forth. But as of right now, I've been leading a team at a startup that recently got funded and I'm helping them grow to the next stage. Nice. What is that startup? The startup is Cure Story. They recently raised from a few top name investors. They raised over $2.3 million and we're right now doing some large contracts. Nice. So, so what exactly does Cure Story do? So they actually connect brands and creators. So with that, they actually connect the brand to do sponsored videos with creators. And from that, they allow them to then track the return ad spend of buying videos from creators. Nice. Okay. So you're sourcing the actual creators themselves as well as the brands and connecting the dots with the two. Is this a, is this a platform where, where a brand could go on there and source the creators themselves? Yes, they can. Nice. And, and vice versa. So creators can go on there and find brands that might they might want to work with without being too spammy. Yes, we do try to handle a lot of the matching to reduce the load and the work being done by both parties. 
But some of our greatest assets is the ability to track the return on ad spend, which is something that's really hard to do in the creator space. Hundred percent. I mean, that's that's the that's the big uh, nut that needs to be cracked, right? It's like, how do we find the ROI on on this influencer marketing or this or that? Especially mm -hmm. with some of these uh, some of these um, initiatives that a lot of brands are now taking. Um, in turn, I want to go back for a second and talk just a little bit to add add a bit of a a frame um, for our audience to understand what I mean, what capacity did you work with the likes of Facebook and Reddit and Tapjoy. Okay. Yeah. So for companies like Tapjoy, I consulted with them and I was helping build out their machine learning models that help fund and create the advertising system. So it helps determine whether this person gets server ad or another person gets server ad, helping them decide what's the best way to be most efficient with advertiser in dollars. And as of recently, they just got acquired. Um, that was made pretty big news in the advertising space. Then from Companies like Reddit previously worked with them was a machine learning engineer on their team. Beside after that, I then left to go consult with other advertising companies. And for Facebook, my team worked with another agency, and we utilize our engineering resources and our engineering knowledge to help them with their contract with Facebook. So you essentially wrote the book, The Social Dilemma, or wrote the movie, The Social <laughs> Dilemma. That that's all you, right? Uh, I, I watched I watched the movie and it was interesting. I could see both perspectives from each side of the world. Hundred uh, percent. I, I remember when that was all kind of going down mm -hmm. with um, you know Cambridge Analytica, and I, I was just like, at the end of the day, they're just trying to create the Facebooks of the world. They're trying to create a better user experience, and I enjoy my experience on those platforms. And it's okay if they know the ads that I have a tendency to click on and engage with. And that's just my opinion. I know a lot of people don't share that opinion, but you know, I'll die on that stake. So, <laughs> I mean, I like Facebook being free too. So I appreciate it 100%. 100%. Cool. So, okay. Awesome. So I think that gives a, you know, a frame of context as to, you know, your background in, in tech and, and really, you know, puts you in the position to talk about where you see things trending in the next two to five years. And the big question is, where are ads going in two to five years? Well, we're seeing some interesting interesting things even right now. So to move, to understand where we're going, we also have to understand where we came from. We, before internet ads, there were TV, there was radio ads, and there was newspaper ads. A lot of things kind of recycled when the internet age, Web 2.0 came to be. So you saw newspapers becoming publications online, even though they didn't want to at first. Now they're like, hey, everyone's doing it, right? Uh, TV ads, we thought that was dead. That came back in the sense of connected TV. So when you see Hulu, when you see Peacock, a lot of ad-supported services, you now get TV ads, but in the sense of a digital age. Radio ads are coming back as podcasts, you know, so that's... That's definitely something that's going to happen sooner or later. Actually, it's happening a lot sooner thanks to Spotify. As we move forward away from, let's say, Facebook ads, even though Facebook ads are still super profitable for a lot of people, you're starting to see e-com and direct-to-consumer brands now integrated with TikTok. So they're seeing huge, huge profitability with TikTok. User-generated content is killing it right now like instead of professionally created ads we're seeing a lot more user generated content so making it seem like a real user is reviewing it and 
that's been taken off. That builds a lot more trust than a highly productionized feeling. And from there, we're starting to see a little bit of Web 3.0 starting to become interesting. You start to see Adidas and Nike investing in the metaverse so that their brand can live forever. <laughs> so that's something there as well. So, because uh, you unpacked a lot there, Shane, and you know, I, I, I do want to hit on TikTok for a sec. And this is just, you know, as an avid TikTok user, it takes me a lot. It takes a lot to get me off of that platform. Like mm -hmm. I'm just in the behavior of, of sifting through content. And the minute I sniff a sponsored ad, it's gone. Mm -hmm. I'm on to the next thing I, I do want to see. And are you seeing that? Are you seeing the behavior of a lot of TikTok users being um, open to opening up ads and clicking on ads to going to that page off of TikTok? Well, there's a trend on TikTok called TikTok made me buy it. And it's pretty popular where you saw something on TikTok and it made you buy it fundamentally, even though you may not have clicked the ad directly, maybe you went on Google and you just searched it. And this actually comes back to one of the most pressing issues in advertising right now, which is trackability. A lot of brands and companies are having issues with traceability, trying to figure out where sales are coming from because with ad blockers, cookie lists, go in, and third-party cookies go in. It's honestly, it's honestly a hectic time. So you outlined the problem. What's the solution? What's the solution? Well, right now we're seeing a lot of partnerships. That's one thing. Like a lot of the bigger guys either have their own data or they're partnering with other big guys. A couple of people are trying to create a system where smaller players can partner with bigger players and so forth. We're starting to see power moving back to, hey, let's start tracking our own data. Let's start utilizing first-party data um, for, depending on what you're doing. So e-com brands can start tracking add to cards, purchases more so, and figuring out how do we track the user journey. A lot of it comes back down to technology as well as building a relationship with your customer in order to increase LTV. It's it's crazy to look at where we went from and where we're going mm -hmm. and how quickly the journey for us as digital marketers has escalated over mm -hmm. time. Like I remember in 2016, knocking mm -hmm. on restaurants and being like, hey, I got the social media management package. I'm going to post for you every day. And yeah, you're going to get you out there on social and people would buy that and it would work in 2016. Right. But mm -hmm. as you fast forward through time digital marketing is not so cutting edge anymore, right? Everybody's okay. doing it. And it's a matter of that next step as to being ahead of the curve, whether mm -hmm. that's TikTok ads or blank. And yeah. what is that blank? Is there a blank there that, that people need to be paying attention to right now in terms of deploying that marketing budget to be ahead of the curve as to what's next mm -hmm. in a couple of years? Well, it's definitely, it's definitely a combination of several blanks. Because, one, you have to start realizing and understanding your customer in the sense of not just understanding where one website that they use, but understanding where they're at in a lot of different scenarios. So if you're utilizing out-of-home ads because they're starting to become, once we're finally free from the pandemic and we're, we're not in lockdown anymore, out-of-home ads are starting to take rise again and be able to track whether someone's seeing your ad as you walk by them, there's a couple of startups that are working on different technology to see like, hey, when somebody walked past your poster on the wall, did they see it? That's an out-of-home ad. That's what you can call an out-of-home ad. Correct. Correct.
Real quick, guys, are you an entrepreneur, a small business owner, a marketing director that's wearing way too many hats? Do you find yourself doing too many different types of jobs within the business and allocating your attention everywhere? There's a good chance if you're doing this, you're a jack of all trades, master of none. This is exactly why Merged Media exists. We're your one-stop digital shop, your outsourced CMO. We take care of all of those digital marketing tasks all under one roof, including Google ads, search engine optimization, social media marketing, and website optimization. We're all collaborating together under one roof at Merged Media. And if you think there might be a good fit for us to work with you, I want you to go on over to merged.ca and book your discovery call today. That's merged.ca. Okay. And, and so now, now if we're going to, and just where my head goes is that's going to be in a point where people are going to have Oculus. They're going to have the, the, the contact lenses in their eyes and boom, there's going to be a deal here, a deal there. Hey, did you check this poster out? Is that, is that where things are going? Maybe two years is a little too soon for that. Yeah. Maybe two years is a little bit too soon for that though. I'm a big believer in Oculus as everyone knows. And I have seen that a lot of people actually purchased Oculus's last Christmas. So Q4 2021 was a big hit for Oculus. That was some of the trending keywords for regular people, not just like in the tech space, but just average everyday people buying Oculus's. So that's interesting. So, and, and obviously it's going to take a while for that wave to probably really mm -hmm. hit. You know, you get a lot of those people that are the mavens that are going to go out there and be the first ones to grab the iPhone 15. You know, that's the segment of people that are grabbing these Oculuses mm -hmm. right now. But inevitably, it's going to take over. It makes me wonder if there's going to be something else that comes out better than the Oculus, than the Oculus. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? But um, in terms of it, it, now is probably a little too premature for marketers to take advantage of the advertisements, if there are any available mm -hmm. on Oculus, right? Well, yes, there are a few startups that are trying to do it. There's Admix. They're trying to do it. They're a London-based company, and they're working on VR ads. I know Facebook is going to enter the space soon, of course. They own the platform, and they want to own the ads as well. So that's Wait, 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 Facebook? You mean, oh, you mean Meta. Oh, Meta. Oh, Meta. Right, right, of course. <laughs> Meta, Meta platforms, yes. <laughs> yeah. But, no, it's... There's VR ads. It's still early, and it may be too soon unless maybe your target demographic is using Oculuses. Right, of course. Now, okay, now we're talking about Oculus. Now, I, I do want to move into this area because it's, it's, it's an area that's really consumed a lot of my attention recently, mm -hmm. um, and, and that is the metaverse. And, uh, you know, I, I, overnight, like, I'm not a huge investor in the crypto but mm. I, I did put a, a, a bit of money into a stock called Mana, which is Decentraland, and mm. it, it and it happened. I did that the the day before Facebook rebranded to Meta, so mm. I noticed well, I was like, "Whoa, what the heck happened? Six hundred percent increase overnight!" Mm. Because when Facebook rebranded to Meta, Decentraland mm. is the platform that essentially is one of the platforms like Sandbox for the Metaverse. Mm -hmm. So that kind of got my ears kind of paying attention to it. Um, let's talk about the Metaverse and, and how that's going to be a play in advertising if there's a timeline for it. I have somebody just commented here, what is Metaverse? Maybe you can give us kind of a high-level understanding of what the Metaverse is and an impact on marketers. Well, the metaverse looks like many different things, honestly, because you have games, for example, where it's like a digital area 
and a digital world, but this digital world is actually backed by real assets. So in some of these spaces like Sandbox and other Meadowland type games, you're seeing land being bought for 15K <laughs> or some even close to 400K, I believe. So it's, it's a world that's in the internet fundamentally. A lot of people access it from their web browsers, but soon you'll be able to access it from your phone, your computers, from your Oculus even, and it'll just all be connected. There'll be physical assets being represented in a digital space. How involved are you in the metaverse right now? Have you dabbled a bit? Have you been playing around? Do you have an avatar? <laughs> um, I have bought some NFTs. I have invested a couple grand into different tokens. So like you mentioned Sandbox and so forth, I actually invest in Gala. And they're also another metaverse type startup. So I do dabble. I do dabble. Now, and have you? Are you on Decentraland? Is that one of the ones that you've played around with as well? I I haven't gotten on Decentraland. My couple of my friends have, and I kind of asked their opinions. Like, hey, I noticed that you're playing poker in Decentraland. How's that going? <laughs> it's. It, it, I logged in once. I just had to check it out. When I saw mm. the stock increase by six hundred percent, I was like, what is this? So I logged in and I just grabbed a guest. I didn't connect it to a wallet or anything like that and just poked around. And it was kind of cool because it drops you off in like this lobby and you have all these other characters. You can go pour yourself a drink, talk to people. Like literally people are having conversations. You can kind of overhear it much mm -hmm. like if you're walking through an amusement park and people are just talking in the distance. It's kind of, it was a cool experience. And then next thing you know, I'm walking through a museum with all these NFTs in the wall that I can go ahead and purchase if I wanted to. And and next thing I know, I'm, I'm I'm in a cemetery and there's ghosts flying all over the place and they're trying to talk to me. It was just a really kind of, it was just like a game. It was like mm -hmm. a game. But I think the key is that people need to understand, because I know a lot of our listeners right now are like, what is Jay and Shane on about right now? What is this metaverse stuff? But you need to be cognizant of the fact that the the kids are no longer kids anymore that grew up playing video games. And this is commonplace for them. Mm -hmm. And these are the eyeballs that you want to get in front of in maybe five years or so. Um, and that's why it's so important to pay attention to that. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that. I mean, as far as, as, far as myself, I actually grew up playing online games, playing MMOs, and some of my closest friends that I would make through childhood wasn't in school was actually online. So it's not uncommon. I actually see how this transition happened. It's just that as far as me, like my time, that went more towards work and so I stopped playing MMOs, but I see how maybe they combined work and playing games and created now digital assets that are worth more than real houses. <laughs> it's crazy. I, I, I heard a stat uh, or I read a stat. If you mm. want to go, I believe is Snoop Dogg in Sandbox or Decentraland. Yeah. If you want to get a piece of virtual real estate next to Snoop Dogg, it's mm -hmm. available for $400,000. Exactly. Sandbox. <laughs> Sandbox. And that's all you got to do is just you can get a piece of land. And and I, have you gotten any land in, in, in the metaverse? Did you I've, been, I've been debating actually starting one because I was thinking that maybe we can do different combinations of like you have a piece of land and then you turn it into some type of advertisement. So you buy maybe a $20,000 piece of land in a good area in the metaverse, and then you charge advertisers for it. And every time somebody sees it, you track it and maybe charge them 
a dollar, two dollars per view. It's such an interesting time because you can see the transition as it happens, even with our daily lives today in the form of even people that are not familiar with the metaverse have probably attended virtual events over the last six months. And some of those virtual events are next level, like literally like you could be virtually walking through a physical trade show and seeing these elaborate booths set up by these advertisers, which is just it's like AI and it's freaking insane. And so you can almost get a little idea of where things are going. I definitely think, in my opinion, it is the metaverse is a little premature for, for most advertisers to take advantage of it just because mm-hmm. the attention's not there yet. But how far do you project out before, you know, more than 50% of the population is in the metaverse? Definitely within 10 years, definitely within 10 years. Yeah, I mean, like you just said there, Shane, a minute ago, it's like the likes of Nike are already investing there, right? You can go in the metaverse and get these sick-ass Nike shoes and pay. You can actually pay for them and buy them in the metaverse because, you know, you got your, you know, your regular everyday life, but you have this ulterior persona on in the metaverse that can be whoever you want it to be. And I think that's uh, that might not be attractive, so attractive to me, but it might be attractive to a lot of the kids there that grew up having these avatars right yeah. something to think about as far as growth rate bitcoin peaked in well thought to have peaked in 2017 at 17,000, and now maybe in like two years it's probably going to reach a hundred thousand so that's something to think about as far as growth rate and hey is it actually a thing <laughs> Exactly. It's 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 just so so insane how everything's moving so fast. So um, if there's one big takeaway that a lot of our audience could take advantage of right now in terms of, you know, reallocating that marketing budget in 2022, uh, a place to focus on, uh, say, specifically e-commerce brands, where would you recommend they pay they pay attention? I so if we're just talking about advertising platforms, then definitely TikTok user-generated content, trying out with there. If you're a e-com brand that's consumer-focused, strongly consumer-focused, but I don't want to neglect the other parts of e-com because, okay, you may get a user and get a customer, but are you going to keep them? What's the LTV for them? And I think e-com brands start to become a one-hit wonder because they focus strongly on advertising, like getting the first user, first customer, but they don't strongly focus on, hey, does this person come back in six months? Do they like my product? Do they go and follow me and see what else I'm doing? Do they click the links in my SMS marketing? How do you increase that lifetime value? Well, the lifetime value is something that's based off of your overall interactions with the user. If you're responding to them through SMS and you're not being salesy, if you're giving them content, unexpected content that they thought was going to be a sales app, but ended up actually being, hey, here's just a funny post for the month. And after a while, they start to trust you and think like, hey, this person understands me as a whole and not solely based off, hey, just selling this one product. If you're a beauty brand, don't just message them about what products you have also tell them what's going on in the industry like hey what's going on with skin right now what's going on with hair right now make them feel that you are a actual representative of them make them feel represented honestly 
we had uh, on our last episode, we had an email mar- email strategist, Liz Wilcox on, and she, I thought she put it best where your subject lines need to be content around <laughs> talking to that client or lead as if they're a friend. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. that kind of dialogue needs to happen. It's like treating them like a friend. And it sounds to me like you're saying the same thing, Shane, and in terms of those SMSs, it's like hit them up with content, like to be your buddy in WhatsApp and, and you send them a funny meme or, or send them some sort of a funny piece of content or informative content. That's that that sounds like the play because that's going to differentiate you from everybody else tr- out there trying to sell them. Exactly. Love it. Awesome. Well, this has been awesome, Shane. I love talking about this topic uh, with you. And if our audience has any questions for you, Shane, what's the best way for them to get in touch? Well, Definitely Twitter. I'm always active on Twitter. Besides that, there's LinkedIn, also pretty active, but I would say either one works. Awesome. Sorry. A little bit of cough. <laughs> all good, all good. And you guys can go and get those links in the show notes if you want to go there and follow Shane and check out what he's up to. Shane, we end every episode with the same question, and that question is this. If you can choose one person, dead or alive, to represent your brand, who would it be and why? Ooh, that is a hard question. That's definitely a hard question. You know, Steve Jobs is like a classic favorite, maybe. Henry Ford. Henry Ford. I like it. I like it. Henry Ford's a great one. Jobs, we've had a few times before. Henry Ford, I don't know if we've had Henry Ford yet in 124 episodes, which is crazy (laughs) to say that. But um, that's awesome. Shane, thank you so much for your time. This has been a blast. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for listening to the Merged Marketing Podcast. I truly appreciate it and would love it if you went over to your podcast platform and gave us a subscribe so you never miss an episode. Also, if you think the Merged Marketing Podcast is a good fit for somebody else, like your business partner or your spouse, just go on over and give this episode a share. I'd love it if you would share the wealth of knowledge and value that I'm bringing to you and share it to other people. That would be amazing. Again, thank you so much for listening. Don't set up for good. Be great. We'll see you soon.